you've got your Bible, um, why don't you turn with me? Uh, we are going to be in Luke, it's a very short passage, Luke chapter 4, verses 42 to 44. Luke chapter 4, verses 42 to 44. And when it was day, he, that's Jesus, departed and went into a desolate place. And the people sought him and came to him and would have kept him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well. For I was sent for this purpose. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Judea. So it's a short passage, as I say, but I feel like there's just something that I want to highlight as we continue in our series uh, looking at these values of regions beyond. Um, could someone, Sarah, could you just run and grab me one of those booklets? Because I was going <laughs> to, I meant to read out from it and I realised I've not got one with me. Um, thank you. Uh, but yes, so we're going to continue in our series looking at uh, these values. Thank you, Sarah. Um, these reasons beyond values and, and these values that we share as churches around the world um, that you'll see wherever you, you go and you visit us, you'll find that these are things that we value. And I hope that as you've spent time with us here that you'll recognise, oh yeah, these guys, they do value these things. And so we're continuing that series. Uh, uh, last week, I wasn't with you. Um, I, uh, Jen and I, we were, we were away. Um, I was preaching in Stafford. I've got a photo uh, with some friends there, again, it's a New Frontiers church there, so I was visiting, um, so I know uh, one of the guys on the team there, so I was invited to come to speak, um, and so it was great to be with them. They're going through a bit of a leadership transition at the moment, which can be a hard time for, a, for any group and for any church, and so uh, just be praying for them as they do, as they do that. They, they are wonderfully responding to the call of God to, to see churches planted in the nations as well, so they sent off the guys who had been leading the church and they're now planting a church in Germany. Um, so uh, just be praying for these guys. This is Wildwood Church in Stafford. Uh, but it was great to be with them and really encouraged uh, to hear some stories, to get to know some of the guys there and to be chatting with them. Unfortunately, I had to leave both Jen and Hudson at Jen's parents. They were both feeling quite unwell. Um, and so uh, I got in the car and, and was getting texts throughout the weekend. But we've been, all of us have been a bit under the weather and recovering through the week. But it was great to know that whilst I was away, uh, we had Luke and Quincy here. Um, Luke was preaching and heard great reports from that. And, and it's great uh, to be able to draw from, again, that wider family that we belong to. Um, having a guest speaker in a church sometimes can feel a little bit like having a takeaway. You know, it's a bit, it's a bit, of a, it's a bit unusual uh, and it's a, it's a change from the, the normal and it's a bit of a treat. Um, but really, that's kind of all it is. But really, I think uh, we've got to see those times as uh, wonderful opportunities to, to, again, as I say, to draw from a wider family and to build those relationships. You know, you read your Bible and it's just full of relationship. It's not just, we're not just um, happen, attending the same club or going to the same thing. We, we, no, we, there's family relationships. So it's wonderful to be able to draw from that. And so in Freedom Church, we want to be able to make use of that. Um, and we want to take the opportunity, all the opportunities that come with that when we do have people like that come. And so I'm hoping uh, that we'll be seeing a little bit more of Luke and others going forwards. Um, this morning, as I say, we're continuing this, uh, to look at these values. And the way that we frame these values, and I've said this every time we've got to talk about them, is, is these, aren't, these aren't a 
it's not just a, 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 a black and white description, like a legal document of, of this is what we should look like. It is, it's a family sort of, you know, the values as you enter the room. And but Paul talks to the Ephesian elders and he says to, to, to them, you know how I was when I was with you. You know how I was when I was with you. And so as, rather than this being a kind of a big statement of faith, although as I've said before, we, we think that that's a very important thing uh, to, be, to have. Um, this is much more of a, this is what you'll see when you come into the room. These are the things that our family value together. So today we're going to be looking at that value of devoted to mission. Now in the booklet we've written it out as this, we are devoted to mission. That is we are passionate about fulfilling our call to see the kingdom of God extended locally and internationally. Or you might say to the neighbourhood and to the nations. And are committed to taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. Motivated by a desire for Jesus to have worshippers from every people group and for God to receive the glory. So when we talk about mission and being devoted to mission, we're talking about taking the kingdom of God to the ends of the earth. That, that mission that God, Jesus gave to his disciples at the end of Matthew's gospel, he says, all authority has been given to me, therefore go make disciples of all nations, teaching them everything I've taught you. So every time we hear from Jesus, we've been told that we're to share that with the world, to tell that to other people, to share the things that we've been singing about, the, the glories of the grace of God, his love and his commands. We're to share that with the world. And that is both locally, so done in our neighbourhoods here in North Hull, as we've been called to, and internationally. Now, as I said, we've had wonderful opportunities to, to give internationally and even next week we're going to be doing that very same thing. We're going to be working um, with churches right around the world to see that work done. And It's amazing to hear some of these stories of those unreached group people groups in, in the Philippines and in India that are being reached because of the, the gospel that we, that we preach. So that, that's, that devotion to mission, I would say, is, is foundational uh, to the church. It is foundational because that is why Freedom Church exists, for two reasons. It exists because there is a mission that's brought us here, and, there's, and it exists because there's a mission that we've, called, we've been called to here. Right? The reason the gospel is in North Hull is because it came to North Hull, because that is the fulfilment of the mission. The reason the gospel is, there is a church in North Hull is so that it can preach the gospel to North Hull. And that's what we're doing. As Freedom Church, that's why we are here. You remember we initially gathered on Zoom and then we gathered in person and then uh, we sent out Brian and Sarah, again, part of that same mission, um, missing them greatly at times. But uh, and although it was difficult for us to do that, we, we felt the same call that brought us to North Hull also sent them on to Birmingham to plant a church similarly there in the east and, and working with the churches that we have there in that city. And... You know, and it's been hard and it's been difficult at times and it's been hard for Brian and Sarah but we, we do all those things because of, we'd say, of a biblical mandate the Bible tells us that we are called as the people of God to go into the world and because we carry, we believe, a particular prophetic call so with, along with Jubilee and our, and our churches in the region we feel a call to see churches planted 
right across Hull and right across this region. If you, uh, you don't know this already, Hull is one of the least churched parts of England, in, you know, in, right across the country. This is one of the, the, the least churched uh, parts of the country. And so we really believe in that God has called us to call people into, uh, into his wonderful grace and to, into his family. So that's what we're doing. That's why we're here, to see his kingdom established. Now, this passage that I've just read is a bit of an odd passage. And it's a bit of a, it's a kind of an odd uh, thing, detail for Luke to include. And it's a bit of an odd one to pick to preach on. Uh, as I say, it's, it's sort of just a... Uh, it it's kind of comes into the story. And so I just want to set out the context of this passage in the story so far. So this is right at the beginning of Luke's gospel. Luke, uh, who writes Luke, and he also writes Acts. He's telling the story of Jesus and then of the church. And so far, just these first four chapters, Luke has told the story of how Jesus has begun his ministry. He's preaching the good news of the kingdom of God and demonstrating that kingdom with signs and wonders. So people are being healed and set free from demonic oppression and people are, uh, who have been rejected by the, uh, the society that they live in are encountering love and grace and acceptance. And Jesus is preaching the kingdom of God that you've been waiting for so long that has been seemed far off, that, that justice that you've cried out for, that love that you've cried out for, that every need that you've cried out for is now going to be met. The kingdom of God is here. And we see him beginning to make a name for himself. And in these stories, as this teaching spreads throughout the region, and then Luke zooms in as Jesus comes back to his hometown preaching that same message. He comes to the synagogue, which is where the Jews would have gathered. Um, and on the Sabbath day, they would gather to hear the, the, the scriptures read and teaching brought. And obviously, Jesus, having been built up a bit of a name for himself now, they, hey, hey, look, our local celebrities come back into town. Jesus, why don't you teach us? Why don't you teach us? And so he is handed the scroll and he opens it up. Uh, and he says he opened the scroll uh, to the prophet Isaiah uh, and he unrolled it and found the place where it was written. And he reads this out to them. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he appoint, has appointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Now, you think hearing those words for the first time, this is, this is the long-awaited, um, like, like these thirsty people, and suddenly water comes, right? This is, this is what the world has been waiting for. This is, what, this is the answer to the world's every prayer. Would you, would there be just a, would you come and do something? Would you, would you bring justice? I mean, look at the news today. The, the things that are going on cry for, for justice and for peace and for people to be saved and rescued. As, 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 you know, just horrible things happening, coming through, uh, you know, your phone pings and it's just another terrible piece of information. And Jesus comes and he reads this passage and he says, I have come to preach good news. I have come to preach good news, the kingdom of God. <coughs> Jesus rolls up the scroll, having just read it aloud, and he says, today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Now, the people in Nazareth, Naz Nazareth, they, they, after hearing Jesus speak this way, 
they are outraged because we know this guy. Isn't this the son of Joseph? Hey, we've got his, his, his mother here and his sisters and his brothers. We know this guy. How dare he preach the kingdom of God as though it were his kingdom? How dare he? And so he's, they reject him. In fact, they try to kill him, but he gets away. He's rejected. And then, as the story goes on, he carries on preaching this gospel in the region. He comes to the city of Capernaum and there, are, there is healing. Wonderful healing ministry. People encounter the kingdom of God. People set free. Healing. The very thing that Jesus has just read from Isaiah there. We're seeing those incredible healing stories. It says, um, all the sick were brought out to him. And the, the, the demonic uh, possessed people uh, were crying out to him. You are the son of God. And he rebuked them. And all of this. Great success. Crowds pressing in. You think, wow, this is, Jesus, your ministry's on a roll. The next day, Jesus creeps out of town to a desolate place where there's nobody who can see him, no one can find him, and he's praying. In fact, in Mark's gospel, he he talks about, he goes and he was with the Father and he was praying. He comes to a desolate place and uh, the, uh, the, the disciples come to him and say, come back into town. We've got a crowd gathered. The crowd is gathered looking for you. Come back to town. Jesus says to them, no, no. I need to go to the next town. I need to go to the next town. I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well. For I was sent for this purpose. Now it's a bit, as I say, it's a bit of an odd an uh, 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 odd passage, you know, it's a bit of an odd way to end this collection of stories. Jesus' ministry is taking off and then Jesus goes, no, no, I'm, I'm actually going to step away from what looks like great success to fulfil a different purpose. But as I say, it's an odd passage, but I think Luke puts it here to show us something right away about Jesus and about his church and about what he's doing. Jesus, Luke, as he tells the story of through his two books, which are link one straight into the other, the book of the life of Jesus, and then he opens up the book of Acts by saying, um, "In my last book, I told you all that Jesus began to do and to teach." Implication being, now in the book of Acts, you're going to see what Jesus continues to do through his church. And so he's there is one trajectory, and Luke is wanting to make it very clear right from the start by highlighting this story in this way. That Jesus is about going into the next place. He's not about making a nice comfy thing for us all to sit in. He's about his gospel being shared with the world. He's about mission and movement. And so throughout the book of Acts, we see uh, that same movement taking place. Jesus, who said, no, no, we're not staying in this one place. We're going to the next place. Is, that's taken up by his disciples. No, no, we need to go to the next place. We need to go to the next place and the next and the next and so I just want to just, we'll, kind of, we'll get there in terms of what that means for us, but I just want to just highlight just a couple of things uh, now. I want us to see Jesus' understanding of his purpose. Jesus knows what he's for and, ha- and, and how that shapes his life and work. And I want us to, to understand our purpose and how that should shape our understanding of the kingdom of God and our purpose as the people of God. And then I guess I want us to look a little bit at um, where that understanding comes from and the importance of that. So Jesus, 
recognises, I was sent. He, he says, I was sent. He knows that he's from God. He has this absolute assurance that he is from God. He recognises that. And he knows that he has been sent for a purpose. And that purpose is not to build a crowd, not to build a, a, you know, a good reputation as a local celebrity or a big following. You know, you think of all the Twitter followers Jesus might have had. That's not what he's for. He is for proclaiming the gospel. And sometimes that looks like coming into a town where they're going to try and kill you. And sometimes it looks like coming into a town where they're going to want to keep you forever and maybe make you kink, right? And as Christians, and even look across the scope of regions beyond, we're feeling all of that. Right? There are churches where it's, it's dangerous to preach the gospel where we're preaching the gospel. They're having similar experiences to what Jesus said in Nazareth. There are churches that are just taking off. There's some of these wonderful stories that are coming out of the Philippines. It's amazing. But all throughout it, whether you're going through this or this, the, the, the purpose remains the same. We must go to the next town. Jesus knows the kingdom of God must go. In fact, the prophet Isaiah talks about this. He's, as, as the prophet is preparing the people of God to recognise the fact that actually salvation, you've been promised salvation, you've been promised the kingdom of God, but actually it's not just going to come to the Jews, it's going to come to the whole world. Isaiah says to, to, the, to the Jewish people, he says, it is too small a thing, says God to the, to the Jewish people, it is too small a thing that I should save only you. I have come to save the nations. I have come to save the nations. And so this is what Jesus is doing. So he is proclaiming the good news to, of the kingdom to the world. Now, Jesus says this phrase, he says this, the gospel must be preached. I must preach the good news. That's from good news, just gospel, that's what gospel means. If you want to know what the word gospel means, it means, literally just means good news. And if uh, you want to know what preaching the gospel means, it means telling people good news. That the freedom has come to the captives, that, that people can be set free from their uh, depression and anxiety, that people can be set free from oppression and rejection, that people can be set free from sickness and death and sin. They can be accepted by God. That is the good news that we preach. And Jesus says, the good news must be preached. Now, I love that word must. I love that word must. It is, it's a, it is, because contained within must is, 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 is this multifaceted word. It, it must, as in, by its very nature, it has to be preached. It kind of contains within it both command, you must preach, but also the very nature of it is that it's, it's going. Must means it, it's, it's happening. It's, it's like trying to contain water in your hands. It's, it must drip, fall out. It must come through you. You know, that's, that's what the gospel does. It must be preached. And so Jesus says, I must go. And it's this understanding of his purpose and his sending and what the kingdom of God is that means that Jesus recognises that he's not just called to stay put and enjoy the comfort of a good reputation. Can you imagine that? Imagine if when, when Freedom Church was first launched, we just came and suddenly hundreds of people arrived and maybe that is awaiting us one day. And hey, praise God, maybe, maybe it will. But in that moment, do we go, well, well, we need to get more comfy chairs in? Or do we say, no, the, the gospel must continue to be preached? Because 
The danger is that one day we might settle and say, here it is, this is the top of the hill. Our worship is great. Our preaching here is great. The seats are nice and comfy. The room, have you had their coffee? And the danger is that we just suddenly become about us. But I tell you, you don't have to be big before, you, before that becomes a danger. Very quickly, we can become introspective. And, just, and, and coming to church is just about us. It's about me being well-fed and all oh, that was a, that was, oh, I really enjoyed that. And I came away and I feel just so cosy and comfy. I hope that you have that experience. I'm not against that experience. I hope people are, are well-fed and, and, and find themselves comforted and, and loved here. But I tell you, we are, and we've used this phrase before, we are a family on a mission. We're not here just to, to fluff one another's pillows. We're here. The Bible uses those incredible family language of, of comfort for one another, bearing one another's burdens, caring for one another. But it also uses a lot of wartime imagery as well. We are on the move. The gospel must be preached. The good news of Jesus must be taken to the ends of the earth. We are a family on a mission. There is purpose. There is purpose. Jesus says, the, the kingdom must be preached in all the towns of Judea. They need to hear what you in Capernaum have heard. What you've heard, they need to hear. And I need to take it to them. Jesus understands his purpose. And so, as, just as Jesus understands his purpose, we need to understand our purpose. We need to understand that we too, like Jesus, he says, I've been sent we need to understand that we've been sent. We've been sent to take the kingdom up to the ends of the earth. And, and as I say, that means both locally, as we've said in our, in our uh, vision booklet, it means both locally, here in North Hull, and the, the streets around us, and the, the houses that are around here, and internationally. As I say, it's wonderful, as we prayed yesterday, with hearing stories from uh, the Philippines and from Mexico and from Europe and from India and just thinking wow what, a, what an amazing privilege it is to be partnered with these guys who are doing amazing works and to have a hand in it uh, I love that as Freedom Church we've had opportunities to give and, I, and I, my prayer is that one day we will be, have the opportunity to send people to see some of these places I'd love to send some guys to some of the things that are going on in South Africa and to Mexico, Malawi, and, and to see, and to, to be involved in that way. So there's an international aspect, and there's a local aspect. Now sometimes, the danger is that we can be so excited about the international that we forget there's a local. Right? That feels like it moves a lot faster than this. Sometimes local can feel mundane. You know, I, I've seen it before when we, you send people on mission trips, like it's like, it's really exciting, and wow. And, that's great, you know, there's something in that that a mission trip does, but actually we're called to do always be that here. We're always on mission. All Christians are missionaries. In fact, I think that's a Spurgeon quote, isn't it? Is that all Christians are missionaries or liars. <laughs> you are, you're a missionary or you're a liar if you're a Christian. And that's, and that's just, there's this, just this element of, no, it is, the gospel must go. Hey, it's come to me and so it must go. If I've received the gospel, it I must take it. This is Paul to the Philippians again. I quoted from earlier. But he says, you are partners, partakers of grace, and so partners in the gospel. Right? You, you, you've received the grace of God. Those wonderful things that we've been singing about, 
today. You are, and because you've received it, you are now partners in it, in that work, to take it to the ends of the earth. Luke ends his gospel, so, and so we see that through Luke's gospel, as I say, that same trajectory, Jesus taking to the next town, to the next town, to the next town, and preaching the gospel. He, he ends his gospel by showing the, that commission that Jesus gives to his people. He, he says, now, now you, Jesus to his disciples, now you take this gospel that, I, that you've seen me preaching across all Judea, take it to the all of the world. And so it's not just to Judea anymore, those borders are blown away. It is one kingdom, one king for all the world. Jesus. And that's what we're called to do. And then Luke, as he picks up his book of Acts, he picks up that story again and from that same place, as I say, and he shows how that first generation of the church in those first 30 years after Jesus took the gospel and were faithful. And the wonderful ups and downs as they came across opposition and they saw great breakthrough for the gospel and how the gospel spread right to the heart of the Roman Empire. And then what I love, the book of Acts has no closing statement. I don't know if you've noticed this when you've read it. Book of Acts is this amazing story that kind of opens up with, this is, the, this is how the, the spirit of the Lord descended on God's people and they just went and they went and they went. There's no closing statement. It's just, it, it's as though Luke is saying, go on then, this is your story. These, these stories that you're reading here in the book of Acts, they're your stories and you're to carry on writing them. Right? You can imagine then how that book would go and how the Luke, if he was still writing today, he would have a lot of more pages and it would be hard to keep up with, but how Luke might have told the story of how the gospel then came to this weird little island up in the north where people wore trousers and jumpers and they were like, well, these strange foreigners over there. And then he would tell how the gospel came to Hull. And he might tell the story of Freedom Church and how... how these guys came and they were preaching the gospel. The book of Acts is open-ended with this wonderful invitation. Come on then. Come and be involved in this same <coughs> mission. And I tell you, it is a wonderful work to be involved in. If, if you're looking for, if you want purpose, if you want something exciting to do with your life, read Acts as though it's your story. <laughs> because it is. If you're a Christian, it is. These stories are ours. Now, can I just say, there are potential pitfalls to this. There are things that would stop us. Luke points out, and as I've already hinted to, he says here, they would have kept him. The disciples would have kept Jesus in Capernaum because they think they're onto a good thing. What? Like, you can imagine them saying, look, Jesus, we get why you wouldn't want to stay in Nazareth, because they tried to kill you, right? But, but Capernaum, come on, you've got a good thing going here. Like, come on, let's build a name for ourselves. Let's put up a big platform, we'll get a big building, we'll, you know, we'll put your face up on every billboard. Jesus says, no, no, no. The disciples want him to say, hey, look at the crowds, look at the crowds, stay with us, enjoy the fruit and the fruitfulness of your work. And Jesus could have gone on healing the sick and preaching the gospel in Capernaum. Could have built a great platform for himself, great teaching. But I tell you, he knew his purpose. You know, good things can stop us from doing 
what God's called us to. There are good things that can prevent us from doing what God has called us to. You know, it's good to, to build something. It's good to see something established. But, but we need to know what our purpose is. I tell you, our bias, and I think it's particularly in the West, we, but our bias is just is for comfort. We, sometimes we can be so driven to just be comfortable that we forget that there is a purpose that might, might move us into feeling uncomfortable at times as we share the gospel locally and internationally, as we send people into the nations. You know, it can be so subtle. It can be so subtle. It's one of the great <coughs> blind spots of, of Christians in our part of the world today is that sort of comfort-driven Christianity. Backing off when things are hard and then spiritualising it. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. life shouldn't be this hard. You know, it shouldn't be difficult. You know, I, maybe God doesn't want me to share the gospel because it's so hard. No, no. It, like, Paul writes to the churches like, like, don't be surprised as though something strange were happening to you when you come across opposition. No, this, is, this is promised. We need to hear what Jesus is saying here and see what Jesus is doing and recognising you know, we're part of that same movement. We're on that same trajectory. And that's outworked both locally. So at, in the next week we're called to go locally and internationally. Hey, maybe in the next years we're going to see people sent out from us. And that might be hard. That might be hard to do. But I tell you, it's what God has called us to. It's who we are and what we're called to. Now, where does Jesus' clarity come from? I want to speed up a bit. Where does Jesus' clarity come from? It comes from understanding the word of God. He says, I must preach. The gospel must be preached. He understands, having, having uh, set himself in the word of God, that this is what the gospel is for. Those, those promises that I referred to, the gospel must go. As we read the Bible, we see the picture that there is there of the glorious church that is on the move. The church is not... A bed to sleep in. It is an army and a family that is moving. And so we're not confused. When we recognise that, we're not confused when things become hard. You know, sometimes, and and I think God sympathises with us, but we can be so wobbly. But sometimes our wobbles come from the fact that we weren't expecting to be hit. (laughs) Right? The, The Bible makes it clear that Christians are called to dress themselves in armour. Ephesians 6 and you put on the whole armour of God. Put on the whole armour of God. You won't put armour on if you're not going to do a fight. We are go- we're in a fight. And so we need to recognise that. We understand as we read the Bible who we are and what we're called to. But Jesus also understands his purpose from his relationship with God. As I said, when Mark comes to tell this story, he tells us why Jesus came away from the crowd. Jesus came away from the crowd to pray Mark says in Mark 1, to pray, to be with his Father. At the root of Jesus' understanding of who he is and what he's for is a relationship with his Father. That should be the basis of all that we do as a church, is that we have a relationship with our Father. At the root of it all is that we would understand, hey, this is my Father and this is what he's called me to. You remember when we, it was a while ago now, but we did, we went through the Sermon on the Mount, those opening chapters of Matthew. How often Jesus says, hey look, your father, your father, your father. They say you pray, they say you're to live and it reflects your father. Wait, when we understand who our father is, we understand what we're for. And we recognise that he's with us forever. 
Jesus says to his disciples, don't be afraid because I'm going to be with you to the very end of the age. When you understand your relationship with God, suddenly you are equipped to do what God has called us to. As I say, there's a, there is a local outworking. There's Freedom Church. We want, to be, we, want, we want to be devoted to mission because we know that the world needs the stories that we have. They need the teaching of Jesus. They need the person of Jesus, relationship with Jesus. And the nations. If we look again to the unreached people groups, as you as speaking to, to Steve Oliver, who you saw in the video um, just last week, and he was just sharing with me. Just he said, I just had written down the list of the unreached people groups that we're just breaking into now. And he said, there are 16. There are 16 people groups, tribes, nations, that have <coughs> never heard the gospel, that we now, as a family of churches, are seeing the gospel preached and churches planted into. 16. And that's amazing. And that's amazing. He just, he just said, like, it was just, it's just like, he felt joy and faith in his heart as he, as he just jotted down and he realised, wow, these are the places where we're, that's amazing to be part of that. And we want to see much more of that. I'd say there are unreached homes next door to you. As you, as you walk through the streets, as you come <coughs> to events, or you, you meet up with friends, there are people who just need what you've got, who are thirsty for, you know, good news. Good news. Hey, what Jesus said there, as he, as he read that scripture, we can now say over each one of you, the spirit of the Lord is on you. It's because he has anointed you to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent you to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. He sent you to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. I'm going to pray and I'm going to invite Michael up who's going to share just a, a little bit of news just in terms of one of the, the things that we're going to be doing as Freedom Church to, to see uh, this work done locally. So I'm just going to pray and Michael, you just jump up in. Jump in. Lord, we, we just want to be faithful to the call that you've given us. Um, we know that it is a big call that the gospel must be preached. And Lord, we want to be devoted to this wonderful mission, both locally and internationally. And we pray that as we gather next week in the city centre with our friends at Jubilee, that you would just fill that place with your spirit and with a spirit of generosity. We'd be able to find ourselves supernaturally empowered to give into the work that you're doing in the nations. See those unreached people groups reached with your gospel. But Lord, we also pray that you would be with us as we go out from this place, even this evening, even tomorrow, even this week, ready, understanding our purpose as those who are called to share the good news of Jesus and the forgiveness of sins to everyone we encounter. So Lord, I pray for me, myself, and for my friends here, that we would be good at that. And Lord, we pray for this opportunity that we're going to have together as a church. Mike's going to hear us, uh, tell us about now. We pray that we would be able to take hold of that with both hands and be faithful to the call there. Amen.